Praise God. Praise team, you can come on down. God is good. He is worthy of our praise. Amen. I just wanted to, first of all, just encourage you that many people who aren't here, tell them to be here on Sunday. Amen. We want our family to be here, and we don't want them to miss what God has in store for this coming year. But I just wanted to kind of preface what we're doing tonight, a little something a little bit different, but this is something that God had laid on on my heart, as we were preparing the, for the month of December, um, and we got down to this particular day, um, I, I, I felt that God had something in my heart, but then I felt like I only had a piece of it. <laughs> so you're going to hear from myself, you're going to hear from Brother Richard, Brother John, and Brother Brian, and we're going to encourage you. We want you to be determined to not come out of 2015 the same way you came into it. But set your expectation for what God has for you in 2016, because it's some good stuff, family. It's some really, really good stuff, and it's important for us for you to lay hold of it. Sister Michelle, because it's some good stuff, you did it again. Some really, really good stuff. Sitting here on the platform, and you just like delineating my whole piece of the pie. But that's good. That's a good thing. So what I would what I would begin to begin to encourage you all is this mindset and this is what I want you to remember this thought don't leave anything unclaimed don't leave anything unclaimed the enemy will try to lie to you, like Sister Michelle was saying you believe in God for things for this year that you have not seen manifested. I'm going to get to a phrase that God laid on my heart, but I want to kind of preface it with something that I was looking at in the news today. They were talking about, this was on ESPN, and I just, it just caught my attention. They began talking about Tiger Woods turning 40 this year. He just, just a couple of days ago, he turned 40. And they were talking about all the great things that he's accomplished as an athlete. But at 40 years old, right now his health is deter- is de- is really is getting in the way of him doing what he does playing golf he's had back issues leg issues continuous surgeries and i'm like looking at all of this talent and all of this potential that was in this individual and it's been robbed and i thought to myself you know that's how a lot of times in the body that there's so much potential that's in us there's so many things that god has placed in us and we know the number one description of the enemy his job description is to steal kill and destroy and he's going to do all he can to hinder you from walking in the fullness of what god has already called you to walk in but we know what the job description of our heavenly father is and that's life john talked about it graciously a couple of weeks ago about the life the abundant life that God desires for his family to walk in. And we have to purpose that in this coming year, we're not going to let anything hinder us from walking in the fullness of what God has for us. Now, we know that this year, 2015, it was a year, we've been decreeing it all year, was a year of renewal, refreshing, and restoration. But it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. The, the one thing the enemy would do, With all that God has invested in us, family, it would be a travesty for us to lay it aside and not lay hold of the blessings that God has already said belongs to us. It'd be a a really sad thing to know that he's had all this stuff laid up in store for us and we don't claim it. We just let it go because 
we haven't seen the full manifestation of it or, you know, a lie has come in to try to steal us. And this is the number one lie that the enemy would try to lay to each one of us as we're going into this following year. He'll say, well, it's 2016, but where's your blessings from 2015? And this is what I heard in my spirit. The proper response to that lie, which the mechanic of that lie is to totally get you to turn loose of the promise that's already yours. But the proper response to that is I refuse to let the turning of a calendar page rob me of the promises that God has made readily available to me. I'm going to repeat that. I refuse to let the turning of a calendar page rob me of the promises that God has already declared are available to me. It's a choice that I make to receive those blessings and know that they're already mine. It's not something that, oh, magically when the calendar turns, something's, no. It's at that point when God made the promise and said something was yours for 2015, you can take it to the bank that it's yours. It doesn't matter what timetable or how it happens. It's yours if you don't let go of it. We know if we don't quit, we win. So because of that, and we know the fact that we win, there's nothing for me to strive to accomplish or achieve. My goal and my purpose is to celebrate that promise is mine. The blessings of God are eternal because his word is eternal. They're based on his word. Those blessings are attached to his word, which are promises that you can rest or are yours. Pastor Jim gave the thought for the day, and I'm gonna, it blessed me. The thought for the day that Pastor gave rightfully shows the correct attitude that we should have concerning the things that God has placed inside of us and for us. Dreams pursued can lead to a life endured. Dreams are seeds endued. Dreams are seeds of what is possible. They must be entrusted to fertile ground, watered, cultivated, and brought to fullness. They're there for us to receive, but if we don't properly take care of those dreams and cultivate them to what God has said that they're going to be, they're going to be left on the table. And that's not what God designed for us to do with those blessings. He's designed those blessings for us to lay hold of them and know that they're ours. But we got to properly guard them because the enemy will try to get you to see that there's something you need to let go of. That, all, that should let you know all the more that it's yours. If the enemy is doing all he can to get you to let go of it, that should be a sure sign to you that he's trying to get you from something that already belongs to you. I'm about to transition to Brother Richard, but I want, as I'm closing with this thought, I want you to know that as we transition into 2016, as Pastor said, and I'm saying it to you tonight, the fix is on. The fix is on. What we choose to do is rest and continue to declare that it's mine and I'm not going to let go of it. 2016 family, we win. Don't leave anything unclaimed, but lay hold to the fullness of what God has already said is yours. Amen. Praise God. How many of you are worried about going to heaven? How many of you ever been to heaven? Well, the blessings of the Lord are the same way. We have been promised heaven. And if you're not worried about it, then you obviously think that you're going to go. You have received heaven, okay? And then you have received coming back and reigning on the earth. Just, just kind of a little follow-up of what Brother Damon was talking about. Receive your blessings the way that you have received going to heaven. 
okay? We've never been there, hadn't been there yet, but we know it's ours. That's something that we really don't worry about because we know it's taken care of. We have received it. Receive the blessings and the promises of God the same way. I'm going to move forward just a little bit. Uh, I hope I can do this in 15 minutes. Um, about the Brother Damon was talking about not leaving the blessings on the table where there's, there's a whole lot of stuff that we cannot leave on the table, that we should not leave on the table. And that includes establishing the kingdom of God in the earth, establishing it in our sphere of influence. And I want to talk just a few minutes about that. Uh, I want to read one scripture. This, is, this has to be my favorite scripture, and we sang it tonight. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Excuse me just a minute. There's a word there. And manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Let me read it all again. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifest through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Now, it doesn't say that he manifests through us the sweet aroma of Chanel number 5 or uh, Old Spice or anything like that. No, it's the knowledge of him. So what brings the aroma? The knowledge of God, the knowledge of the Father. How does he choose to manifest that into the earth? Through us. And, and I know I've talked about this before, but it's just I've been praying about this the last couple of days. What am I going to share tonight? And this is what I can't get away from. For we are a, a fragrance of Christ. It didn't say we are the fragrance, but we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, an aroma from death to death. To the other, an aroma from life to life. And who is adequate for these things? For we are not like many, peddling the word of God, but as from sincerity, but as from God, we speak in Christ, in the sight of God. As from God, we speak in Christ, in the sight of God. So God has told us that we need to do something, okay? Receiving blessings is a great thing to do. But there's also something else that needs to be done. That is pro providing the sweetness of the presence and the knowledge of God into every place. And that brings us into the spheres of influence. Where is your place? What are you doing? How are you smelling up your area? Uh, uh, of your, and it doesn't have to be where you work. It, it, your work is not necessarily your sphere of influence. It could be whatever God has laid on your heart, whatever God has entrusted in your heart to do or to be. Uh, I have, I want to, this is the first time I've talked about this really publicly. I've mentioned it to several other people, but back in, uh, for our Mac, um, brother Mario kind of got me stirred up and the things that he was saying, I guess it was God that stirred me up because I really can't pinpoint back anything that, he, that brother Mario said. But it just got me stirred up, and I said, God, there's something that I need to be doing, something that I can do to affect. I mean, 
my job or my, my work environment, you know, we're pretty spiritual around here. Yeah, we, we, we smell up pretty good. Uh, there's, you know, we still bring the influence of his presence in every day, but uh, there, there's probably something else, there's something more. So I, I've just been, I've started praying, God, what do you want me to do? And I saw myself going downtown and praying around the city hall and praying around the courthouse, the county, Travis County Courthouse, and praying around the Capitol. I, I just, I could picture myself doing that. So starting in the first part of August all the way through uh, parts of November, I kind of uh, cut it off for the, for the holiday starting at uh, Thanksgiving, but I'm going to start it back up again. Every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning, I would take off and go downtown and circle those places three or four times, praying in the Spirit, and then I would stand out front, and I've got my, my list made out, and I decree and declare and proclaim the kingdom of God in those places. I really don't have a desire to be elected to the city council or to any of the courts, Travis County's courts or commissioners or anything like that, like that or uh, the Senate and Congress of, of the state. But I feel like that I have a voice in the spirit that I can do some stuff in the spirit to, to change some of this madness that's going on and establishing a presence of light in those places and casting down, pulling down the darkness that is trying to raise up and uh, some of the idiotic things that come on or that, that go on in these, the, the ordinances and the, the planning stuff. It's like, really? You're going to do that? How, what, 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 what kind of wisdom is that coming from? So I cover all the advisors, all the, uh, everybody, Everybody in that building, whether they are visiting or not, they're, they're getting a dose of the kingdom of God, and I proclaim, and, and if they didn't want that, they shouldn't have gone in there. But I proclaim the kingdom of God to be established in those places that just like our uh, confession that we do tonight, that the schemes and the, and the plans of the evil and darkness are thwarted. They are of none effect. They cannot prosper because I have established light by setting my foot on that property. I have established the kingdom by walking around it, and I usually go three or four times. People, once or twice, people have stopped and asked me, and says, are you getting your laps in? <laughs> no, I'm actually praying. Oh, okay, go ahead. Uh, they, they don't stop and talk long when I say that. But uh, I... That's what I feel, or that's what I have been led to do. Have I seen any changes? Not that I know of. Uh, sometimes I go in the Capitol uh, and, you know, walk through the halls. I walk in the Senate chamber. I walk in the, the House of Representatives, and I sit down in the galley sometimes. Galley, gallery. Galley's a gallery. Galley's a kitchen, right? I hadn't, I hadn't found the kitchen yet. <laughs> Not that I hadn't looked, but anyway, uh, but that may not be what God has called you to do, but that's what I do. And I've, I'm going to keep doing it until God tells me to do something different. But what about, what, what kind of, and those are not even my spheres of influence, but it's my country. 
It's my city. It's my county. So I have a say. And I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say it. Maybe not in those places, but I'm going to affect it. I'm going to, to bring influence in there. And you say, well, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. What can I do? You know, uh, that is the, one of the most critical places that, I mean, as, as, a, as a parent, you are a team of uh, chief operating officers in the most important institution in the world, and that is bringing up those kids. You should be certainly influencing those kids, inf influencing the atmosphere of your home with the kingdom of God and the presence of God, making the fragrance of God permeate all of that, all that you're in, or your whole house. That, that should be the, the greatest thing. But if you work in any of these areas, or even if you're interested in any of these areas, you, can, you don't have to be in them necessarily, but you can be an influence by just listening to the Holy Spirit. Say, what, Father, what do you want me to do? I, I feel drawn to, to the, the World Wide Web, but I don't know anything about computers. I don't know anything. Well, you've got a mouth. You've got the Word. Use that. Start there and, and see what can become of that. Or uh, law or any of those, any of those things over there, you can begin to influence and change those things Go, you know, music and education, or uh, what is it? Enter entertainment, yeah, arts, entertainment, all that kind of stuff. Just go find a place that's doing something. Uh, go stand outside the movie house. Or go stand outside a, a, a concert venue or something and begin speaking the word. Um, you don't have to go in. I mean, if, if you buy a ticket, you can go in. Uh, but... Change the atmosphere. Brother Bill Morris, he told his story several times here of how he, his mother changed the atmosphere just by going in someplace. She definitely was not a part of that bar, but she changed the atmosphere of the bar by being in there and decreeing and declaring. That's what we can do, and that's what we should do. Yeah, we, we decree and declare our blessings, certainly, and we don't turn loose of those. But we also decree and declare the kingdom of God is established. The light of God pushes back and, and dispels the darkness and uncovers the lies and deception. And the truth is established in every situation and every circumstance. And allow God to, to use you as his, what's it called, the atomizer? Is that what that's called? The little bottle that has a little pump thing on it? Let him use you to, to, to squirt his fragrance around in everywhere that you go. If you're, you just, and keep it in your, keep it in your, your mental, your, your mind. Be aware. Everywhere I go, okay, I'm going into HEB. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm, I may not pray for anybody. I may not witness to anybody, but I'm going to go be a light. I'm going to go change the atmosphere by just being in there. Being in there. If, if Abraham can claim or can walk on a piece of ground and claim it, why can't we? Let's walk into Penny's and, and, and change that place. Walk into the mall and change that place. Walk into uh, Walmart. No, don't go in there. <laughs> no, no, it, it needs going there with, 
get three or four people and go in there with you. Because they really need I've seen some of those pictures. But, uh, but we can change. And, and I challenge you as we go into the new year, keep, keep a hold of your blessings. Keep, don't let your blessings stay on the table like Brother Damon said. But don't let the kingdom of God sit idly by either. Get it established. Get it functioning. Get it at least shining some light, changing some hearts. Somebody's going to notice. Somebody's going to see it. I remember one time when they, they made me a manager at the, comp, uh, the treasury when I worked down there. Uh, I had to go to a week of training. It was off-site out at some resort there on Lake Travis. And uh, there was a, a guy there. He was, I don't know if I'd call him a lush, but he drank heavily, okay? Is that the right word for that? I don't know. Anyway, uh, in the evenings, we'd have fellowship time, or they didn't call it fellowship time. They played poker, what they did. But, uh, or you could play bingo or something, but they had games and stuff to interact with each other. And uh, I'd go down there, and I'd sit at the table. I wouldn't do anything, but uh, this one guy come up, and he said, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. You're, you're different, and, and he could see. I, I hadn't said anything. I answered some questions during the classes, and, and, uh, but there was something that he noticed, and, and he said, I, I, I grew up in church. I, I, rec- I see it on you. I, I, I see it on you. And he said, what, I don't know. You don't need to be in here. These people, they, they don't know anything. Of course, he had his, bo- or his, his glass of scotch in his hand, but... Uh, but there was something that he recognized. Is there something in you that people recognize? I say that there is. And I say that they should be recognizing it in you. And they should be saying there, there's something about that guy right there. You know, and I don't know what those people do downtown. They look out the window. Well, there goes that guy again. I wonder what he's doing. There, there's something about him. Uh, you know, when he walks by, I, I feel something. Or, and I also pray for the for the, the believers that are in those buildings, that they would rise up. Because I know there's people that, there's got to be at least some people in the city council that's saved. Well, in the building. And, and I, I, I know that they have a, a part to play. So keep it in your, in, your, in your forefront of your mind to be a light, to be a kingdom establisher, and to spread and bring the fragrance of God into every place. You can do it at school. You can do it at your job. You can do it in retail markets. You can do it wherever. Keep it, be cognizant, be conscious of the fact that you are a kingdom representative and you have light inside of you and that light needs to be shining. Amen. Who's next? Thank you. Praise God. All right, we will uh, take a 15-minute intercession. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, I want I want to kind of touch on on something that Richard Richard said in light of um, in light of in light of what I'll share and hopefully tie in um, what he said about allowing the fragrance of God God to flow through you and and kind of tie that to the God dropping the blessings, his blessings into your life. Uh, the scripture that he ministered, 
God always leads us in triumph and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. That, again, is encoded uh, in our DNA once we become new creations in Christ Jesus, that the purposes of God are, are just written over us for that, that function to happen in the things that we do, that his aroma would flow through us. I'll tell you a story, then go to the thing that, that God wanted me to share. I believe it ties right in with, with, with what you said. Um, some of you know that I you know, was called for a little bit of time to go minister in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, the inner, inner city ministry there. Pastor, we call it the Deep Dark Jungles of Louisiana, and uh, it, was, it was dark, <laughs> uh, and, and it was a jungle. And I met one of the guys there that me and my wife actually got a chance to interact with was, uh, his name was Henry. The last name will be changed to protect the, you know. Anyway, about two years, three years, my wife reminded two years after we left, I got a call. Uh, Henry, big, he played a uh, center for the high school. Big guy. I mean, you know, block out the sun type of guy. Henry had come out. He was gonna, getting ready to get into the van to go to hang out with the ministry. He was taking the trash to um, take it out the trash. And then as he walked over to the to the van, all of a sudden he launched himself into the front of the van, poop, and fell on the ground, and he was gone, just like that. And they called me, and my wife got to go down and minister to the family. Now. Five years prior to that, I was there for three years, I got the opportunity to meet Henry. Had never, ever desired to go to New Orleans, Louisiana. Never, ever wanted to be in the inner city of New Orleans, Louisiana. I grew up in the inner city of Austin, Texas. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't need to go see that. But this man changed my life when I met him and uh, believed that I needed to go where God called him. I can't remember. He'll probably remember. came into his office and said, Pastor, I got, a, got an issue. <laughs> So let's sit down, brother. Let's talk about it. And I was working at Kids Cross America at the time, and I said, there are a few ministries that want me to work with them. And uh, one is telling me they're going to give me this, and another one's telling me they're going to give me this, and another's telling me they're going to give me that. And he kind of sat down and, you know, looks at you with those eyes that peer through you, you know. <laughs> and he said, well, brother, he said, uh, if you're going to make a business decision, you need to look at all the facts, see which one weighs out the best. And he said, but um, if you're looking to make a God decision, then you need to listen on the inside to see what God's saying. You remember this? And I remember, I was like, okay, I need to hear what God, where does God want me to go? One of the places I had the opportunity to go was Memphis. Memphis had good barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I love the people up there. But after talking with him and ministering and praying, called, Nisha wasn't my wife then, and let her know, Lee God wants me down in New Orleans, Louisiana, where I met him. Now, when I met Henry, here's the person I was getting, center for the high school, all sent whatever, Louisiana center. Henry was a gentle giant, we thought. When Henry, Henry came in and hung out with us for about a year and a half, after a year and a half, a female showed up, about as big as him. And she came in, and Henry went right up to her and said, I can't believe you came here, you bleep, and smacked her right in the face. Bam! Now, everybody knew trouble was about to ensue because they knew what type of ship I ran. But that was who Henry was at that time. We didn't know he had a sister. Hated her for whatever reason. A little later on, 
some, some of my guys were about to fight Henry because Henry had done something inappropriate to one of the girls that was, she was a little bit underneath my ministry, getting her to come into. And they found out about it, her brothers, which she had like seven brothers, so this was not a very wise decision by Henry. <laughs> and uh, they were looking to eliminate this guy, and they come and get me because I love dealing with trouble. And so I got all of them, the girl, the, the brothers, sit down in my office. What happened? What happened? And we talk it out. And everything was satisfied when I said in front of them to Henry, Henry, you apologize. I apologize, but I would and I don't do apologies like, I'm sorry. I follow the scriptures. Say, so you tell them, look, I did this. I was wrong. And for whatever reason, whenever somebody confesses, I was wrong, and then asks for forgiveness, something breaks on the inside of them. Henry broke a little bit. The brother's still mad. They wanted some blood, you know. And I told Henry, I said, Henry, the next time you even think about doing something offensive to one of my girls, told him that his importance <laughs> would be strung up outside the building. And that was the beginning of what I would do. That everybody was satisfied and it was peace. About now the wife comes. Me and Henry started hanging out together, playing video games. Mike Tyson, punch out. You remember? You remember? <laughs> Henry started to change, unbeknownst to me. Wife comes in. He came in the mouth, said, John, his head hung down, said, man, I know your wife's coming. Yeah, she's coming. He said, uh, we're probably not going to get to play video games like we used to. I said, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> he said, well, here's a Miss Pac-Man, man. She might enjoy that. And he handed it to me <laughs> because he wanted to make sure she had a good welcome. Got to take these kids on a long trip. The Henry's sister, Henry, and the rest of my, rest of my kids going a long way. We, were, uh, we went um, anyways out, out east. We get there, or as we're driving, the kids are playing this game. Henry and his sister are laughing and hugging and calling each other these pet names. And I'm driving, right, because I'm driving a long way, so I'm not thinking, and Mike's like, man, you, you hear what's going on? What? Man, Henry and his sister are like, they're like bosom buddies. And then that's when we heard the pet name. We was like, who is It was Winky. Who is Winky? <laughs> and he said, man, you see what's come over this kid? And that's why I refer to it, Richard. It was the aroma of God working on Henry's life. Henry was a different person by the time we left from the time I joined. And after saying all that, that's not the most important part in that story. Several years before I came, before the the executive director came, who came from Nebraska, was a scrawny little tennis player. <laughs> a lady, old lady, would get up in the morning, walk to Booker T. Washington High School, go into the school, and they had security, so I don't know how she got in there. And I heard this because I was in the school talking to my kid. I said, remember, oh, what's her name? And she would go to each classroom door, put some oil on it, and pray, God, save my city. Around about that time, Glenn Shriver in Nebraska, who was distraught because he was a tennis guy, his tennis career was getting ready, I mean, he didn't know what to do. He was about to cry in the bathroom, a man walked in and handed him a pamphlet. He was from FCA. 
and he committed his life to God, committed himself to SCA, got an idea in his heart. He saw something on television about the inner city and said, man, I want to do something. And he said, I'm either going to go to Florida or I'm going to go to New Orleans, Louisiana. And God told him to go to New Orleans, Louisiana and start Urban Impact Ministries. I believe that happened because that woman got an impetus from God to go do something. And God birthed the ministry. You see what what he's saying here? The fragrance and the presence and the aroma of God flowing out of you, that's the blessing. Now, there's good stuff out of that, but that's what's written in your DNA. That's what I didn't want you to miss. But he's like, I don't, I don't know why God has me do that. When I heard the story, I was like, man, I know what's coming. Remember one of the things, which is what God had me share, the pastor shared that I want to, to start with. A convergence of presence coming together. Time for believers to burst on the scene in 2016. There will be a fulfillment of things God has promised. Be strong and prepared for what is coming. Know your God. I stopped right there, or I'll stop writing this right here. Because the important part for me was be strong and prepared for what was coming, because what is coming is coming. But you need to be prepared, because what is coming involves you. But if you're not prepared, that's when you miss it, because when the time comes and God is moving, you're trying to catch up, or you're not sure. But your blessing is tied to what he's doing. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I have the blessing of ministering to that young man. And in that, we got to go to a bowl game, me and my wife. We didn't pay any money. Now, when God blesses me with the money, I'd probably go pay for a bowl game. But here I was in New Orleans, Louisiana, just doing what God led me to do, playing sports, allowing the knowledge of God to flow through me at the appropriate times. And God said, you know what? I'm going to have this corporation give you their extra ticket. Well, they didn't give them to me. They gave them to the ministry. And the guy is over the ministry. Hey, John, here you go. You and your wife, here's some tickets to a bowl game. I didn't pay for them. I didn't suffer over them. My team was not in it. (laughs) So that, you know, but man, the blessing of God right there. Here's here's the thing to remember out of this. You need to prepare because you're going to need to be strong in the Lord. What does that mean, John? That means you're not going to be strong in your bank account. If I'm strong in my bank account, I don't care what's about to happen because I have enough money in the account. That's where my rest is, right? Um. Something comes and blows shingles off the roof. I call Steve. I got money in the account. Uh, we're getting ready to do something for past appreciation. I just go to the bank account, get money out. I have that. That's being strong in the bank account, which you need to be financially sound if you're going to be steward over the finances that God is blessing you with. So I'm not discounting that. But that's not where your strength is. Your strength is in the Lord. But in order for you to be anchored down in God, you have to develop 
your relationship in the Lord. Let me put it this way. When, when trouble hits the bank account and things are not there, you're going to do one of a couple of things. You're going to either panic or at least be distressed because the thing that you trust in, you can't see that. That's not, that's not there to help you. And so that leads to the stresses and the worries. If you're married, it can get into some fights. And your whole day is affected. Your whole week is affected. Your outlook is affected. It's dim. That's not being strong in the Lord. The other thing that you can do is say, you know what? I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. That doesn't look good, but God, you are my provision. That's being strong in the Lord. Lord, you continually lead me in triumph. Everything that I put my hands to, I prosper, I succeed, I am successful. That's putting my strength in the Lord. Well, but there's nothing in the bank account. There's no prospects on the job account. Well, but that's not what the Lord said. That's your strength in the Lord. That doesn't happen unless you're strong in the Lord. Let me say it another way. That doesn't happen because he's strong in the Lord. Now, he's an example for us of what strength in the Lord looks like. Because you get to see him walk that out with Sister Lou, their family, things that happen, and he's still there saying, this is what God said. I tell you, I think that one of the most profound things that he said to me that affected, that affected my faith that helped me start growing. I have not arrived. I'm not standing here telling you that I've arrived. I'm growing in the Lord. And he said to me, like, John, the word says that God heals, then God heals. I don't care if I ever see anybody get healed. Because he said it, that makes it so. Now, when you can believe like that, then there's not anything the enemy can do to shake you. I don't have to see it if he said it. But when you believe like that, you're going to see it. But if you're affected by what you see, it's not that that's not coming. It's that you, you can miss it because you're distracted. But she said, and see how God's tying that together? The fragrance of God flowing through you be strong in the Lord. Here's what I want to leave you with. First Samuel. And um, man, I've had this on my heart for at least a month. I can't even can't teach it teach it out to you, but I want to leave this with you. I don't know if you remember, do you remember this lesson that you gave to me? I don't, it's, it might be one of the in the office or something that you imprinted onto me. But Ash, uh, chapter three. I remember I had to ask you about this. This is about Samuel before God is beginning to use him. Watch this. Verse 1. Now, the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli, and word from the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were infrequent. This is what God led me to when you started seeing that. A convergence of the presence of God It's time for believers to burst on the scene in 2016. God is ready to do something, and he sends the word out so that we can get prepared. This is about to happen. Then he says, he goes on, and it happened at that time as Eli was lying down, God's prophet at that time, was lying down in in his place. Now, as Isaiah had begun to grow dim and he could not see well, And the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Samuel, here's I'm going to put it this, Samuel was lying down in the presence of the Lord. 
knew what Samuel was doing. That his mother had given him to the Lord because she was praying for a child. And when God gave it, she said, I'm going to give him to you. And so he was there helping Eli minister, do the works in the, of the temple. But he was ministering to the Lord. That's what he was busy doing. Be strong in the Lord. Ministering to the Lord. Lying down in the presence of God. And four, well, three, let me read that again. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. That the Lord called Samuel and he said, here I am. And here's our three times God's going to call to him. And he's going to say, here I am. And he runs. He thinks Eli's talking to him. Because he wasn't familiar with the voice of the Lord. Here's what God said to prepare yourself because God is going to speak to you, but if you're not familiar with him, you will miss it. You better be prepared because he's going to speak in this time. But if you're not prepared, even though he's speaking, you could miss it just because you're not familiar. But Samuel was just young. He received instruction from Eli. He kept going, Eli, Eli's, pers- okay, let me get to that. I think it's eight. Seven, now Simon did not yet know the Lord. He didn't yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord yet been revealed to him. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time, and he rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. And Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. Spiritual things are discerned spiritually. You're going to prepare yourself, then you're going to prepare yourself spiritually. Whatever God's telling, telling you now, as I grew up under him in the Lord, that meant, John, you need to read you some Christian books. Make sure you're studying the word and study the word in a way that God can teach you. That's how he taught me. So what should I start reading? Man, them begats are getting me. He said, John, read John, because John talks about the love of God. John says, I'm the one that he loved. So his perspective on the, the ministry of Christ in the earth was one from a perspective of love. He said, John, you need to know that God loves you. Read John. I said, all right, I read John. I'm, I studied through John. Then I went, he said, then go back to Matthew and read back to John. He said, when you get back to John, God's going to lead you. I went, John, Matthew, is it Mark or Luke? Mark, Luke, John, and then God said, read Acts. And God started leading me, and then, of course, my, my life went off from there. But the point was for you to get familiar with the ministry of the Lord. So that when he speaks, you hear. Because as he speaks, he's preparing you to carry his presence. Because there's Henry in your life that I'm not going to touch, that I'm not going to reach. But he's prepared you to take his presence. So that whatever he's getting ready to do in 2016 is going to bust on the scene. And the miracles of God are going to flow. Amen. Praise God. What I want to leave you with tonight, pretty uh, simple, but it's let the word of God be your standard. Let the word of God be your standard. Let the word of God be your anchor. Brother Damon talked about an anchor a few weeks ago, 
But when you're anchored, no matter what goes on, no matter what happens, no matter what trial comes, no matter what attack, no matter what it is, you always revert back to what did God say? You always revert back to what does the word say? And when you set a standard for every part of your life, allow that standard to be the word. Whether it's your finances, whether it's your body, whether it's your family, whether it's your ministry, no matter what it is, whenever the trial comes, whenever the attack comes, you revert back to what God said. What does the word say? And you make your declaration that because the trial is going to make you want to say something else. But when you revert back to the standard, this is the standard for my body. By the stripes of Jesus Christ, I am healed. Well, the report says this, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I am healed. My finances, my God shall supply all my need according to the living standard of heaven. Well, my bank account says this, my God shall supply all my need according to the living standard of heaven. No matter what the trial is that comes, no matter what the attack is that comes, you always revert back to the standard. And the word of God has to be your standard. It has to be your foundation. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says in verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built this house on the sand. The rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When you build your life on the word, the storm can come, and it will come. But you don't have to be torn down. You don't have to be moved. You don't have to be destroyed. You may sway back and forth a little bit like a boat that's anchored in the water, but it's not moved from its foundation. It's not moved from what has established it. And we make the word of God our anchor by hearing what God said and then doing what God says. Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Whenever I put the word of God into practice, I am anchoring myself in the word. Whenever I put the word of God concerning my finances, concerning my body into practice, I am anchoring myself. I am establishing the word of God as my foundation. I am setting a standard in my life. So, no matter what comes up, no matter what happens, when you set the standard for every area of your life with the Word of God, then no matter what happens, you always come back to that standard. What does the Word say? 
what does God say? And allow that to be your anchor. You don't have to be cast down. You don't have to be destroyed because your anchor is in the word of God. Your anchor is in what God said and what his word has declared and decreed. So that's my word to you this night. Allow God to be your anchor. Allow, allow the word of God to be the standard, no matter what is, no matter what circumstances look like, no matter what is going on in the end of 2015, going into 2016, say no. The standard is this, the word. And I'm not going to turn loose of that. Amen. Praise God. Well, anyone have anything? Pastor, did you have something? Sister Tara? Come on. Um, To share a quick testimony, um, I walk my dog every day, and while I'm walking him, I'm usually praying and speaking the word, Psalm 91, declaring what God has said about my family and even my extended family. And... um, you guys have probably seen on the news that big tornado came right through Dallas. It came right through Rowlett. And my sister sent me a picture. It like came a mile from her neighborhood, but then it stopped, did not go. And I mean, I'm just so thankful. My No one in my family was even touched. I mean, I wasn't expecting when I, I found out about it Sunday, but God is so faithful. Everything that you guys have been sharing about his word and about how effective it is. I mean, and when even um, Brother James gave it, he talked about our families and how we can affect our families. And so anyway, I just wanted to, to share that they were all safe and protected by the Lord just because of the word. Praise God. Well, it's the last Wednesday of 2015. Let's stand and celebrate through prayer what God is doing for these last few days and the glorious 2016 we're walking into. Father, we thank you, sir. We give you praise and glory and honor, Father. We thank you, sir, that no matter what the calendar says, Father, you never change. You never defer from what you've already declared and what you've already decreed, Father, and what you've already set in place. So we celebrate the victory, Father, this night, Father. We celebrate what you have in store for us as your family and your children, Father. We will possess. We will lay hold of. We will walk in all that you've given us to walk in, Father. Father, we will leave nothing on the table, Father, but we will enjoy all that you've given us to enjoy, Father. We celebrate Jesus. We celebrate you, and we celebrate your abundant harvest that you have for us, Father. We lay hold of it, Father. It's ours. belongs to us, and we exalt you as our source, our provision, our exceeding great supply. We declare and decree that we will lack for no good thing, but have an abundance for every good work and every charitable donation, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah, 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 Father. You are awesome, you are wonderful, and you are glorious, Father. We give you all praise, all glory, all honor, and all exaltation, Father. Thank you, sir.
Well, you're blessed. You are free to go.